Welcome to the Sovereign Mind, Body, and Soul podcast with Coach Jerry. I am Coach Jerry, your host. Happy to be with you here today. I am with you here today because of my own life story and my own life's mission, which is to help guide people to the highest optimal state of integration that they possibly can. This means a pain-free body. This means a healthy body that you love what you see in the mirror. And this means a high level of self-awareness, attunement, and personal accountability which leads to a sovereign state of being. Now to be truly sovereign, it means to possess the ultimate or supreme power within yourself. Now this doesn't mean that you're not guided by a higher force, that you're not connected to a spiritual resonance, that you aren't deeply relational to God. This just means that you make the ultimate decisions on what is right for you and what is best for you. That doesn't mean that you come up with those decisions on your own. It can mean that you find guidance, consultation, and affirmation through people that you love, know, and trust. However, it's been apparent, especially in the last few years, that we are not exercising our sovereignty. We're not even aware of our sovereignty because with sovereignty and freedom comes personal responsibility, personal accountability, extreme ownership, it is my humble opinion that a lot of people just aren't interested in their sovereignty. I'm seeing people trade their sovereignty, their freedom, their independence for a nanny state, for a perceived safety and security and protection from people whom we've entrusted with that responsibility, despite all of the prior history, all of their actions that state loud and clear that their intentions are not in line with our best interests. See, we're not brought up and programmed to be sovereign, are we? I mean, as we are born, we look to our parents, which is natural, and that is healthy. We look to our parents for guidance to show us the ways of the world. But through the course of that, other people get involved. Other people meddle in our business, in our development, namely the healthcare system, as they are getting you from cradle to grave. When you were born, one of the first things that happens is they schedule for your first round of inoculations. We are led to school and our parents are off to work because we live in an environment where you need two incomes to thrive and to survive. And this is a system of consumption, of desire, appealing to our sense of lack in our own lives. And it's created this mass feeling, this fear of missing out, this need to be a part of something, this need to have what others have, to keep up with the Joneses. And we're taught to do that. We need to exchange our time for money because money is the key and the secret to what we need. So our parents in the attempt to give us our best life, they're busy working jobs possibly multiple jobs, maybe single parent, multiple jobs, maybe two parents, multiple jobs. And so we don't really have the environment where parents get to nurture us like they would probably like to. So we're shipped off to school. And the whole agreement there is that we're going to learn math. We're going to learn science. We're going to learn history. We're going to learn social studies, but we've morphed into this social justice education system where subjective perspectives 
are being pushed on us as objective reality. And through all of this, the educational system, the quote-unquote health care system, where the doctor has five or ten minutes to see you, and then writes you a prescription drug and sends you on your way. Through the course of all of these authoritarian models, we are led to believe that they care about us and they want us to be happy and healthy. And they're showing us the way to do that. Through the course of all that, we're led to believe that they have our best interests in mind. So it's not hard to see how we come out of college or high school or whatever our path is into the adult world, into entry into the adult world, we come out of that with this belief or this programming that these entities, these institutions, these authoritarian systems have our best interests in mind. Now, while individuals within the system may have your best interests in mind and they may wish to do well, overall, the system is stacked against them. This is not a system set up for us to succeed or to thrive. And this isn't a doom and gloom message. What this is, is an empowering message. Let's just get real with that right now. Let's just accept the truth. That's why I named my company Biohacking Truth. It's because the truth of the matter is you are being hacked. We are being hacked. Our food supply is poisoned. The control of all the seeds and farmland is growing more and more centralized by the day. And the people that are interested in securing this farmland and the seed supply are now trying to tell us that we need to eat bugs. We need to stop eating meat. We can't utilize fossil fuels to fuel our life. And because we lack the sovereignty, the personal accountability and the individual responsibility as a collective and as a whole, and because we've outsourced our thinking and our safety and security to billionaires, because our consumption mindset has led us to believe that money is God. And those with the most money are the closest to God. We have given them the power to tell us what to do. These people that are poisoning the, the seeds, that are poisoning the soil through monocropping, and plant-based diet marketing and branding. You gotta look at what the net result of that is. What is the net result of us being fearful all the time? What is the net result of us eating garbage food, eating glyphosate, eating red dye, eating artificial sweeteners? All these things have a drastic health effect on our health. And the more unhealthy we are, the more disintegrated we become. Now, I will use that term a lot, integrated, disintegrated. And really, what is that? Well, that's a, that's a good indication of where you are at, mind, body, soul, health. And if we're watching media that tells us what to be scared of or who to be scared of or who the bad guy is and who the good guy is, if we're consuming that as our news source to keep in touch with the world right then and there, we're starting off, it's like we're at the plate and we're starting off on the no two count. So long as we outsource our thinking and our beliefs 
to people that have their own interests in mind and nothing else, they have a direct benefit by keeping us disintegrated. So as long as we stay in that state, that fearful state, that puts us in a situation in our brain, in a state, in our actual brain, where we lack the ability to be creative. We lack the ability to connect with others. We lack the ability to fill our own cup and what pours over, what runneth over, gets distributed and shared with the community. We lack that ability. And just take a look around at what, what's going on right now. You can see that's been created. So like I mentioned earlier, from cradle to grave, right away they wanna get you inoculated. And then they tell you if you have a runny nose or if you have sinus issues or if you have hyperactivity, it's because you have a fill in the blank with a label that they've created. Attention deficit disorder, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, bipolar disorder, depression, chemical imbalances. These are all things they've created so that they can sell drugs. You see, one thing that adds to all of those conditions is your state of integration. How well are you integrated your mind, body, and soul? How well are your thoughts, your intentions, your time and energy investments and things that make you happy? The way you're fueling your body with real species-specific food, the way you're moving your body, the way you're in tuned to what your body's telling you when you do move or when you don't move your sleep, your introspective time, honoring your values, creating boundaries for yourself. All of that is a huge part of your integrated state. Now, if we look at what we've created, many of our thoughts are not our own. Many of our intentions are not our own. We intend to go make money. We intend to go be successful. And while there's nothing wrong with success and money, why are we doing it? We don't invest our time and energy into things that make us happy. Maybe we feel that's selfish. Maybe we feel there's other more important things like the previously mentioned topics. We see food as an afterthought. We see food as a matter of convenience or pleasure. Now we have to ask ourselves if we were spending time with the above mentioned items, How much would we need to rely on food for enjoyment? In other words, if food is the one thing that you have to look forward to in the day to make you happy, what kind of a day have you crafted? We don't get much sleep. We don't spend time introspecting because we don't know how to manage our thoughts and we don't like what comes up during introspection. We don't really know the difference between values, morals, ethics, and goals and our boundaries are not clear. We don't set up clear established boundaries for what we will allow from our media sources and our politicians, what we will allow from the people that source our food, what we will allow our tax dollars to be spent on. And all this ties into a concept that we call central sensitization. I'm going to leave a link in the in the show notes here uh, to an article uh, written by Matt Walden, who is actually one of my instructors. 
and he wrote a great piece in the Journal of Bodywork and Movement Therapies, and it's called Applying the Understanding of Central Sensitization in Practice. Now, through this, Matt highlights what central sensitization is, what allostatic load is, and how it contributes to central sensitization. But the important part of this and how it relates to your health and your sovereignty is we are walking around at a state of high central sensitization. Now, if you can, what is central sensitization? Now, if you can imagine that there is a bucket and this bucket is collecting rainwater and the bucket represents our total uh, allostatic load, like our body's ability to process stressors in the body and to remain balanced and in homeostasis. That's what that bucket represents. Now, the more empty that bucket is, the more allostatic load you can handle, the more stress you can handle, the more um, um, insults to your nervous system that you can handle. So what are the drops in the bucket? The drops in the bucket are our daily stressors. So as this bucket is collecting rainwater, so long as the rain stops or the bucket is emptied in time, as long as that occurs before the bucket overfills, then we're likely going to remain integrated. But what happens is we're in this downpour and nobody ever empties the bucket. So emptying the bucket is all the things I mentioned before, the thoughts, the intentions, the time, energy for happiness, the diet, the movement, the sleep and introspection, values and boundaries. Those types of things represent emptying the bucket. So if I go into a 30 minute meditation, I'm emptying the bucket. If I sit down and journal my thoughts, I'm emptying the bucket. If I act on my values and my boundaries and say, no, I will not tolerate that, or no, I will not allow that. I'm emptying the bucket. But what we do is we don't empty the bucket. And so everything that happens, so you've got, maybe you've got a workplace environment that isn't ideal for you. Maybe you've got someone in your life that is constantly trying to beat you down and that's not right for you. Maybe you have a strategy of getting on social media and getting irritated and angry. That is more drops into the bucket. And then maybe we have this, this belief that all we need to feel better is to, to get a good workout in. Maybe we go through some ass kicker boot camp style workout, right? And we're going to jump into hard 75 or we're going to do CrossFit or Orange Theory or whatever. Nothing against any of those. But if your bucket's almost full, that might put you over the edge. That's more drops in the bucket. Then we don't get sleep. Then we consume caffeine. Maybe we consume sugar. And while we're not getting sleep, maybe we're watching something that stresses us out further. So all that is drops into the bucket. And as that bucket fills up and we don't empty it, and we're walking around with a full bucket, we cannot handle more drops into the bucket. Now, the people that are putting us in this state that highly benefit from all of our slave labor and telling us what to do, telling us what cars to drive, and telling us what foods to eat when we can and can't charge our electric vehicles, They have a, a firm understanding of how this works, in my humble opinion. And it's in their best interest to keep us in that state. What can we do about it? You've got to empty your bucket. You've got to make the time for those things that are important. And it goes beyond just having a positive attitude in life. It goes beyond just being able to reframe a situation. Because as we reframe a situation, that doesn't get to the root cause of why that triggered us so greatly. It could be one of our complexes. It could be hitting your false core. That one thing that you as an individual are unwilling to feel and accept. Maybe it's a feeling of being alone. Maybe it's a feeling of being worthless. 
Maybe it's feeling like you just don't know or you just can't do. Maybe you feel unloved. Maybe you feel unlovable. Maybe you feel not worthy. Maybe you feel worthless. Whatever it is. But it might be just a direct insult to that. And boom, that can immediately throw you into disintegration. Or maybe it's just another drop in the bucket and we're not taking time to empty the bucket. See, as you take the time to form relationships with your thoughts and intentions, with what you are doing with your time and energy investment, you're not letting people spend it for you. You're not eating out of convenience. You're eating to feel your body. You're moving the way your body wants to move. You're getting that downtime, that introspection. You're getting good handle on your values and your boundaries. If you were doing that on the regular, if that is common practice for you, you begin to develop the sense of independence and self-awareness. You start wondering things like, I wonder if I have to take this prescription drug for the rest of my life. Do I need these statins? Is cholesterol really a bad thing? Is salt really a bad thing? Or is it the processed salt that they're giving me? You see, we've gotten so bass backwards that things that actually we need to keep us alive have been vilified. You cannot produce sex hormones and powerful energetic hormones without cholesterol. Yet we vilify cholesterol. You will die if you don't have enough salt. You will form electrolyte imbalances that will kill your energy and affect a number of other things, cascading effects. If you don't have salt, we're made of saline water, but here we are cutting salt out of our diets and replacing it with prescription drugs, all of which have side effects. You will start to feel younger, energized, and integrated. You've reduced your central sensitization. A healthy person is primed to be a healthy, sovereign, independent individual, which is what we need more of right now. We need more of this. We need more people that are willing to ask questions. We, are, we need more people that are willing to have constructive, critical, and deep conversations and debates with dissenting point of views instead of just canceling and censoring that what we don't like. Because the opposite of sovereignty is fascism. And if we've gotten ourselves into a state where the people who claim to be anti-fascist are screaming at the rooftops and demanding that people be censored, arrested, and silenced, and forced to do things that are against their will, then that by definition is fascism. And who do you think's created that environment? Do you think it's a bunch of individuals within the population? Or does it make more sense that somebody has a vested interest in us not being sovereign? In us fighting amongst one another so that they do not have to debate their stance? We've got elections coming up here in the United States in about a month. And as you pay attention to what's going on in those elections, pay attention to who is willing to debate their side and who is not. Pay attention 
to who is very, very vocal, so long as there's no one challenging them and refuse to answer very objective questions. Just pay attention to that because anyone who's operating that way has something up their sleeve. And that person does not want you to be a free thinking, independent, healthy, and sovereign being. So in closing this broadcast, I would just like to leave you with this. No matter where you're at right now, currently, no matter what state of integration or disintegration that you are in, you have the power and the ability to reverse that course. You're not just unlucky in life, quite the contrary. You were born fortunate enough to be a human being with the most intelligent, complex brain that we've ever found. You have a body that is designed to heal. Your body is like a machine. But the difference is when you work on this machine, it works with you. It guides you to where it wants to go. There is no drug that has ever healed an individual. There is no surgery that has ever healed an individual. See, the body has to accept that drug. That body has to accept that surgery. The body has to accept that organ transplant. That body has to accept all of that and make the necessary adjustments based on that drug stimulus or that surgery stimulus to get the desired effect on said symptom. And what's lost on all of us as a whole is that this approach does nothing for the big picture. It does nothing for the root cause. And when you see a symptom develop, just remember that is just your bucket being full, too many drops hitting it at the same time. So if you develop gut permeability, if you develop skin issues, if you develop headaches, if you develop aches in the joints, if you develop all of that stuff, the answer isn't treating that symptom. It's figuring out what's in the bucket and what do I got to do to empty it? And those are just some arrows in your quiver as you strive to be your sovereign self. I'm going to leave you with an example of just how these so-called helpful agencies, these three-letter agencies, how they really operate. We all know the last three years what's going on. And there is mass debate on what the truth actually is, despite all the evidence. There's still debate out there. And the reason why there is debate is because there is no debate. There's information, misinformation, disinformation, all swirling around. There's people pointing fingers and throwing bombs at people, ripping people off of social media. But no one will have a debate. Well, I'm going to play a clip from you. This is from 1976. This is Mike Wallace. And he is interviewing the then director of the CDC. And this was about the swine flu outbreak and the vaccination push that ensued then. This may sound very familiar to you, <laughs> to what's going on currently. So I am just going to leave you with this. It's going to play out 
And I wish you a wonderful day, happy life, and a sovereign existence. And if you are in a position to where you know you want to turn it around, you don't really feel confident that if another outbreak happened, even if it was misrepresented or misbranded or rebranded or whatever the case may be, you don't trust what they say it is, but you don't want to get it because you don't trust the current situation of your health or your overall integration. I'm here for you. Reach out to me at any time. There's a link in the show notes to my link fly. You can book a call with me. You can listen to my other podcasts. You can see my content. You can see what I'm all about. I'm not like your normal health coach. I'm not like your normal personal trainer. I'm not like your normal physical therapist. Um, coming at this for a different reason. That's all because of my life story. And if you're curious about that, check out podcast one, the making of a maverick. So appreciate you guys for tuning in. If you like this, please follow, share it with someone you think might enjoy it or reach out to me direct. You can get a hold of me on that link fly. I'd love to hear your story. Maybe you can be a guest on this podcast. All right, here we go. I'm going to leave you with this 1976 back when journalists were journalists. This is Mike Wallace, the wonderful, famous Mike Wallace, interviewing the then CDC director about the swine flu outbreak. This has been largely scrubbed from the internet as referenced in great detail in Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s book, The Real Anthony Fauci. All right, enjoy you guys. Peace, much love, and live well. Rationale for our recommendation was not on the basis of the death of uh, a single individual. But it was on the basis that when we do see a change in the characteristics of the influenza virus, it is a massive uh, public health problem in this country. Dr. David Sensor, then head of the CDC, the Center for Disease Control in Atlanta, is now in private industry. He devised the swine flu program and he pushed it. You began to give flu shots to the American people in October of 76. October 1st. By that time, how many cases of swine flu around the world had been reported? There had been uh, several reported, but none confirmed. There had been cases in uh, uh, Australia that were reported by the press, uh, by the news media. There were cases in... uh, None confirmed. Did you ever uncover any other outbreaks of swine flu anywhere in the world? No. Now, nearly everyone was to receive the shot in a public health facility where a doctor might not be present. Therefore, it was up to the CDC to come up with some kind of official consent form, giving the public all the information it needed about the swine flu shot. This form stated that the swine flu vaccine had been tested. What it didn't say was that after those tests were completed, the scientists developed another vaccine. And that was the one given to most of the 46 million who took the shot. That vaccine was called X53A. Was X53A ever field tested? Uh, I I can't say I would have to. Uh, it wasn't. I don't know. Well, I would think that you're in charge of the program. I would have to check uh, the records. I haven't uh, looked at this in some time. The information form, the consent form, was also supposed to warn people about any risks of serious complications following the shot. But did it? No, I had never heard of any reactions other than a sore arm, fever, this sort of thing. Judy Roberts' husband, Gene, also took the shot. Yes, I looked at that document. I signed it. Nothing on there said I was going to have a heart attack or I'd get Guillain-Barre, which I never heard of. What if people from the government, from the Center for Disease Control, what if they had indeed known about it. 
What would be your feeling? They should have told us. Did anyone ever come to you and say, you know something, fellas? There's the possibility of neurological damage if you get into a mass immunization program. No. No one ever did? No. Do you know Michael Hatwick? Yes. Mm -hmm. Dr. Michael Hatwick directed the surveillance team for the swine flu program at the CDC. His job was to find out what possible complications could arise from taking the shot and to report his findings to those in charge. Did you know ahead of time, Dr. Hatwick, that there had been case reports of neurological disorders, neurological illness, apparently associated with the injection of influenza vaccine? Absolutely. You did? Yes. How'd you know that? By review of the literature. So you told your superiors, the men in charge of the swine flu immunization program, about the possibility of neurological disorders? Absolutely. What would you say if I told you that your superiors say that you never told them about the possibility of neurological complications? That's nonsense. I can't believe that they would say that they did not know that there were neurological illnesses associated with influenza vaccination. That simply is not true. We did know that. I've said that Dr. Hatwick had never told me of uh, his feelings on this subject. Uh, and he's lying. I guess you would have to um, make that assumption. Then why does this report from your own agency, dated July 1976, list neurological complications as a possibility? I think the uh, consensus of uh, the scientific community was that the evidence relating neurologic disorders to influenza immunization uh, was such that they did not feel that this association was a real one. You didn't feel it was necessary to tell the American people that information? Uh, I think that uh, over the, the years we have tried to inform the American people as, as fully as possible. As part of informing Americans about the swine flu threat, Dr. Sensor's CDC also helped create the advertising to get the public to take the shot. Let me read to you from one of your own agencies memos planning the campaign to urge Americans to take the shot. The swine flu vaccine has been taken by many important persons, he wrote. Example, President Ford, Henry Kissinger, Elton John, Muhammad Ali, Mary Tyler Moore, Rudolph Nureyev, Walter Cronkite, Ralph Nader, Edward Kennedy, etc., etc. True? Uh, I'm not familiar with that particular piece of paper, uh, but I do know that at least of that group, President Ford did take the vaccination. Did you talk to these people beforehand to find out if they planned to take the shot? I did not know. Did anybody? I do not know. Did you get permission to use their names in your campaign? I do not know. Mary, did you take a swine flu shot? No, I did not. Did you give them permission to use your name saying that you had or were going to? Absolutely not. Never did. Did you ask your own doctor about taking the swine flu shot? Yes, and at the time he thought it might be a good idea. Um... But I resisted it because I was leery of having the symptoms that sometimes go with that kind of inoculation. So you didn't? No, I didn't. Have you spoken to your doctor since? Yes. And? He's delighted that I didn't take that shot. You're in charge. Somebody's in charge. There are... This is your advertising strategy that I have a copy of here. Who's it signed by? This one is unsigned. But you, you'll acknowledge that it was your baby, so to speak. It uh, could have been from the uh, Department of Health, Education, and Welfare. It could be from CDC. I don't know. 
I'll be happy to take uh, responsibility for it. It's been through.